Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility presents the Vermont Conversation with David Goodman, exploring ideas with innovators, changemakers, business leaders, politicians, and activists. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by The Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp, using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Green Mountain Power, delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high-quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. And nearly 700 VBSR business members who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Learn more at www.vbsr.org. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. On today's show, we're going to span the gamut of issues, uh, starting with sports, ending with politics. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Vermont Senate President Pro Tem Tim Ash to talk about uh, what's going on in the State House and his own political future. But first, we're going to talk about something that I consider to be one of the miracles of winter here in Vermont. And that is something you see at many ski mountains in Vermont. Uh, I see them at Bolton, at Sugarbush, and that is people with disabilities ranging from blindness to other physical disabilities going down the mountain alongside able-bodied skiers uh, and accompanied by others who are wearing bibs, uh, saying guides, or noting that they are helpers of some sort of, of these folks. Um, I'm talking, of course, about Vermont Adaptive Ski and Sports, uh, which is active throughout the state working with people with disabilities. It is a nationally recognized organization that empowers people of all abilities through inclusive sports and recreational programming, regardless of ability to pay. We're going to spend this half hour speaking with two of the athletes who uh, participate in Vermont Adaptive and also with Kim Jackson, the director of communications and marketing for Vermont Adaptive. I want to start with Kim Jackson. Kim, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Hi, David. Thanks for having us on today. Well, uh, start by giving uh, us an overview of uh, how long has Vermont Adaptive been in existence? So Vermont Adaptive started off back in 1987 at Mount Escutney as the Vermont um, Ski Handicap Association, and it grew and grew. We eventually moved to Pico Mountain, where our state headquarters are now, and then to Sugarbush and Bolton Valley, and we offer both um, winter and summer programs. So we're also up on the Burlington waterfront. We use the Waterbury Reservoir a lot, lots of spots in the Warren Waitsfield area and in um, southern Vermont. So more than 30 years, and we continue to expand. How many people participate in the programs year-round? 
Well, we don't have a, a number for participants. Um, we serve, as you mentioned, all abilities. Um, anyone with any type of disability, whether it's physical, cognitive, um, emotional, behavioral, it, it really doesn't matter what the disability is. We will get you out there enjoying uh, Vermont and you know, the outdoors and the Green Mountains. Annually, we do about 3,000 outings. So that could be someone who comes and maybe skis twice with us in the winter and canoes or bikes with us in the summer, or it could just be somebody coming from New Jersey and they're coming for a family ski vacation and they just come for that one time. But about 3,000 um, overall collectively throughout the year of outings. And who started it? Laura Farrell um, founded Vermont Adaptive, and she. some people may know her as well because she was also the founder of the Vermont 100 Endurance Race and Run, um, and that was actually established by her to create a fundraiser to support Vermont Adaptive's programs, um, probably, I, I don't know the exact date, but uh, within 25 to 30 years ago, um, she, she started that event as well, so... <laughs> She had a vision at Mount Escutney, but we've grown it immensely since then. And I'm curious, you say that, you know, somebody can come up from out of state and participate. So this is something somebody can just do for a weekend? Absolutely. Uh, we uh, Of our participants, about half of the folks that come and recreate with us live here in Vermont. And then the other half are from out of state, um, just like any other tourist coming to Vermont in the winter or summer looking to do outdoor recreation. And um, so they can come for a day. They could come for a weekend. We don't do lodging or travel arrangements um, in uh, the way that, like, one of the ski resorts might put a package together. But we take care of the skiing aspect um, in the winter. So it would be your lift ticket and lessons, instruction from our volunteer instructors, as well as the adaptive equipment, depending on what's needed. Hmm. Same as in the summer. We, have, we would have the equipment and the guides and instructors to, to help folks. Well, let's, we are uh, fortunate enough to be joined by two of the athletes who participate. Um, uh, let me begin with Emily Chiaffi. She is a mono skier. She skis mostly at Sugarbush, and she works in Boston as a medical professional. Emily, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Hi, David. Thanks for having me join you. Well, um, I understand that you were an alpine ski racer at Burke Mountain Academy uh, in high school and also a trained ballerina. Tell me a little bit about your journey that brought you to Vermont Adaptive. Um, so I was a high-level athlete. Um, I really loved doing anything outdoors, um, anything that had me up and moving. Um, and about 10 years ago, I um, got injured. Um, I was living with a pretty severe case of hip dysplasia that left me with a lot of neurological deficits to both my legs and my core. Um, so I felt like I lost all of my activities, everything that really defined who I was as a person. Um, so that led me to try to figure out, was there a way to participate in these sports and get back outside with friends and family? Um, maybe not at a super high level, but just enter in. And I was completely surprised to find a program like Vermont Adaptive, where I not only could participate, but I could once again excel at a high level, um, in sports. And I found that in mono skiing at Sugarbush. Hmm. Um, so 
if I'm understanding you correctly, this was it was kind of a chronic condition that you have that evolved into losing motor abilities. You said hip dysplasia. Yeah, so it, it's a um, it's a structural deformity that um, I had to have many many surgeries for, and in the end, I also ended up with damage to my spinal tract in mm. my spinal cord, mm. um, which is why I lost motor function. I see. So. Did you have some hesitation about going back onto the ski slopes where you had once been a very high-level and successful racer? I think my hesitation was in that I wasn't going to be able to to participate at the level I did before, that it wouldn't yeah. fulfill everything I thought I needed. Um, and it was, it was very much the opposite of that. Um, it fulfilled everything I thought it would be. Um, and I now am a completely independent skier. Um, I go out with my friends. I just started skiing bumps and trees again, and there's the, the possibilities are really infinite. What equipment do you use to enable you to ski? So I use something called a mono ski or a sit ski. Um, a crude way to think of it is a beach chair sitting on top of a single ski, um, but it's much, much more refined than that. Um, it's it's basically a giant bucket um, wrapped around my the lower half of me, um, situated on a shock system that then locks into a ski very much like a ski boot. So I can ski any type of ski I want, from a fat ski to a race ski. Um, it's it's just the difference of that I function from my my abdomen, and you're functioning on your two feet if you're skiing on two feet. What has this meant for you in your life to be able to get back on the ski slopes? Um, I think that one of the one of the hardest things about being injured and losing what we all take for granted in life, um, which one of those things is our mobility and and the ability to walk around on our feet, um, is that everything starts to seem very difficult and like a barrier. Um, skiing brought brought a possibility into my world. It took away a barrier, and um, it very much changed my outlook and attitude towards the outcome of my injury. Hmm. You're now an instructor uh, teaching others uh, to to ski or mono-ski or, I guess, other devices as well. What What's the first thing that happens when you uh, are working with somebody who's never done this before? What do they feel upon coming to a ski slope so there's a there's a whole range of emotions and um, outlooks that i see in the athletes that i get to work with um there are those that come in with just pure excitement um there are those that have the excitement but mixed with some nervousness um and there are those who are there because they're they're not sure it's what they want but they want to give it a try um so there's there's a whole range that we that we deal with, and I think no matter what, when I approach them, it's finding out what their goals are, what do they want to achieve, um, what what do they think is going to be the outcome of this, um, and then doing my very best to to help them make that happen while having having fun, while being safe, um, and learning as much as possible. Tell me a story of uh, somebody you've worked with, somebody you've taught, and kind of where they began in this and where they are now. Um, so I actually have a very recent story uh, about that from this past weekend. Um, 
there is a, another monosphere similar to myself um, who came in with a lot of enthusiasm and they, it, it just wasn't happening for them. Um, they were down and out. It's a steep learning curve. Um, and I hadn't had the chance to work with them. I had only talked to them about their um, frustrations and how it really wasn't working. And sometimes it, it's about changing changing how they're looking at it, their attitude. And I got to work with this athlete um, to revamp how they thought about being and what they thought was possible. And we went from turning and falling over to making four turns to making seven turns. And um, then by day two, uh, he was making it down the slope of, of one of our smaller slopes, but nonetheless an enormous slope to a new person. Um, so, and, and not every story is like that, um, but it's very satisfying when you can take someone who's frustrated and really wants to do this and show them that it's possible and have a little hope for them. Hmm. Well, let's uh, turn now to Kyle Robidoux. He is a skier who is blind. He skis mostly at Pico. Uh, he's also an ultra trail runner, has done the Vermont 100, and attempted uh, the Western States uh, Ultra Run. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. And Kyle, where are you speaking to us from? I live and work in Boston. Okay. How did you, uh, and I understand your condition dates to when your your teenage years. Tell us a little bit about your journey that brought you to Vermont Adaptive. So I was diagnosed with my eye disease at age 11, and my parents made the wonderful decision the following year to get me skiing, thinking that it was a sport that I would always continue to do. And I fell in love with it, was a weekend warrior at Sunday River every weekend, dropped out of college and lived up there for a season and a half and skied every day. And then in my late 20s, as my eye disease started to progress a bit more quickly, I became frustrated with skiing by myself or following someone. I, I, I couldn't ski to my ability. I was really just doing it socially with friends and not really enjoying pushing myself. And about five years ago, I had been running with sighted guides and learned about the United States Association of Blind Athletes and Vermont Adaptive uh, kind of blind ski festival and signed up for it. And that was my first time skiing with guides. And by the second run, my demeanor outlook had completely changed and they helped me fall back in love with skiing. Um, you know, I've seen this uh, at, at Sugarbush where I ski periodically. And I see the blind skiers with surrounded by or accompanied by a, a, either one or more guides. Uh, tell me about what's going on there as you're sliding down the slope with your guide. What's, what's the communication like? I think communication is key. And Vermont Adaptive does a fantastic job recruiting, training, and cultivating amazingly talented guides and it's just not their ski ability but it's also their communication and their compassion and their empathy towards working on a collective goal of mine so because i do have some usable vision i tend to ski behind one lead guide 
and there may be one or two other guides behind me. So I'm following that lead guide, trying to mimic and mirror their turns. Sometimes they call out turns or tell me when to stop. And then the guides behind me are working hard to ensure that other skiers on the mountain are not encroaching into my space. Are you, is, is your guide mic'd? Is it coming through your helmet? Is he just calling out? At some places, they use microphones. At Vermont Adaptive, they just rely on, you know, the guide-skier relationship. So I try to get as close and stay as close to my guide as possible so I can hear them calling out cues. Because the way that I ski, I kind of stare at the back of their skis. And that's all I see because I have extreme tunnel vision. So I'm cueing off of their skis when they're bumping, when they're, I can hear the ice that may be sliding. And then I can also tell if they start to you know, turn more deeply into the hill, it's likely that they're either traversing the hill or they're slowing down to a stop. So you're using all your senses, uh, especially your hearing about you know, what's underfoot. Um, how do you gain the trust to, you know, you're going fast when you're downhill skiing. And um, how do you have the trust in this situation, in the relationship, to let your skis run? To be honest with you, it's an evolving process. Partly because of my eye condition, it changes every year. So as my field of vision decreases, I have to rely on my guides even more and more. So for example, this year, you know, I'm finding myself in years past, I could kind of pick up my head, look around the mountain, see if anyone was around me, and then quickly look back and find my guide and stay behind them. I can't really do that anymore because if I can pick my head up and look around, I'll never find my guide again. So all of my trust is in the guide. And I think part of it is built through the work and the training that I know Vermont Adaptive requires for their guides. And then I have conversations with them on that first lift ride going up. Here's how I ski. Here's what I need. I need a little bit of support getting off and on the the chairlift. Here's how to interact with me. And then here's how I want to ski. And, you know, they're, they're professionals. So we usually take it easy on the first run or two, try to get in sync. And then thankfully, I'm able to ski all the trails and any trail that I want, which is huge for me. I'm, I have the power and the ability through my guides to ski whatever trails, whatever conditions I want. Um, if you're just tuning in, we're, you're listening to the Vermont Conversation. We're talking about Vermont Adaptive Ski and Sports, which works with people of all abilities and disabilities. And we're joined uh, by two athletes, Emily Chiaffi, a mono skier, and Kyle Robidoux, a skier who is blind, uh, and also Kim Jackson from Vermont Adaptive. Um, Kyle, you mentioned how this picked up your spirits when you first saw um, how that you could ski again. Talk about the impact it's had on you emotionally. Emotionally, it has allowed me to continue doing something that I love. I love being outside. I love skiing. I love the physical movement. And it's actually had a bigger, you know, a huge impact on me, but even a bigger impact on my family. So I have a 12-year-old daughter that some days she doesn't actually want to ski with me, but 
I'm able to ride the chairlift with her. I'm able to share the trails with her and talk to her about what she skied. And she gets to see me ski and gets to see that limitations are really something that others construct around us. And I'm able to kind of push through those limitations and get outside and enjoy skiing alongside her and, and my family, which mm. is which is huge. That's what everyone wants to do, right? Ride the chairlift, chit-chat with family, talk to other skiers, and then rip the trail going down. Now, you're also an ultra-trail runner. Um, talk about how you're able to do that. And, and, you know, this is an explain for people who aren't familiar what trail running is. So trail running is essentially hiking, but you run when the terrain allows you to run. Some people can do that uphill and downhill. Some folks hike the uphills and navigate technical terrain. So much like skiing, I run with sighted guides and sometimes I'm tethered to them side by side through a little rope and a handheld rope or on really narrow single track, I can slide behind them and then they call out all the roots and the rocks and other steps and turning left and turning right and so forth. So your guides are also have to be very high level athletes. So ultra trail running is, you know, that is a, a small elite subculture. Yeah, I'm thankful to have, much like the Vermont Adaptive Ski Guides, you know, very committed and supportive running guides. And for races like the Vermont 100, you know, which I love running because it comes full circle because it allows me to participate in a 100-mile race while also raising money and awareness for Vermont Adaptive. And like three years ago, we actually created an Athletes with Disability division for the Vermont 100, which we think was the first athletes with disability division for an ultra trail running event. So for a race like that, I'll run with five to six sighted guides because their fitness is always at a high level, but emotionally and physically, it just takes a lot for a guide to essentially talk straight for five hours, calling out roots and rocks and et cetera. So I break it up into smaller chunks. Hmm. Um, Emily Chiaffi, um, you mentioned you live in Boston. Um, I understand you're a medical professional. What exactly do you do? Um, so I did work in a lab um, as a phlebotomist. Um, now I'm actually in physician assistant school working on my master's in that and a field called health informatics, so working with electronic medical record systems. So when you come to Vermont for a weekend um, – and you go back to Boston to go to work and carry on your life. What's the what's this, the carryover from your weekend of mono skiing in your regular life? Um, mono skiing is really my reset button. It's it's where I go and find my sanity and get out of the the busyness of the city. Um, you know, I don't have to deal with a commute in my wheelchair trying to get over all the bricks. And, I walks in Boston. Um, so skiing really gives me peace lines back. Hmm. Kim Jackson, I know that Vermont Adaptive has some very ambitious plans for a, a new headquarters. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Well, we're very excited. It's actually going to be our second of three permanent homes 
in the state of Vermont. So we built uh, an adaptive sports facility at PICO in 2013, and that was our first um, adaptive sports facility, and that is where our state headquarters are for all of our administrative offices. And then when hopefully permitting comes through, which we've applied for and crossing our fingers, we're in good shape. Uh, we'll be breaking ground on our second facility at Sugarbush's Mount Ellen this spring. And then our third facility will be, after Sugarbush is done, will be up on the Burlington waterfront somewhere along the bike path. Um, so it's, it's really exciting to be able to create these facilities. Um, the resort partners that we work with, Sugarbush and Killington, Bolton Valley, and obviously Pico through Killington, are super supportive of our programs, and they've always given us borrowed space within their lodges. But since we have grown so much and we're serving so many people, we've just outgrown those spaces. And by, you know, building these buildings, we can accommodate more um, people and different types of disabilities. We have, for instance, at our PICO facility, um, a quiet room for folks who um, may be on the spectrum or have autistic tendencies, and they just need to get away from the craziness and hustle and bustle of the traditional base lodge area. Um, and we have much more program space for our volunteers and our athletes to be able to fit up and get ready to go out on the slopes. So our plan is building two in the spring, starting uh, at Sugarbush. And uh, I understand you are fundraising for this headquarters, so maybe you can uh, tell us how people can support that if they're interested. We are, yes. So um, for Sugarbush specifically, we are looking at about a $2 million building, and we have a very generous anonymous donor who has pledged a matching donation of a million dollars. So for every dollar up to a million, it will be matched. We've probably about two-thirds of the way towards that match, and anyone looking to give a donation of any amount can just go to vermontadaptive.org and look at our Home Sweet Home campaign, and they'll find a place where they can donate online. Okay. Well, I want to thank uh, all of you for uh sharing a little bit about the Vermont Adaptive Story and your own personal journeys. Uh, Kim Jackson, Director of Communications and Marketing for Vermont Adaptive Ski and Sports. Kelly Robidoux, a uh, skier who is blind and uh, works with Vermont Adaptive and also uh, a distance runner. And Emily Chiaffi, a mono skier who works with Vermont Adaptive. Thanks to all of you for sharing your story on the Vermont Conversation. Thanks, David. Thank you.